Welcome to Marketing with Confidence. I'm your host, Marianne Amies. We're going to be talking all things digital and online marketing for business owners and marketing professionals. If you've been feeling overwhelmed by your digital marketing, be sure to listen along and you'll hear tips, interviews and more that will give you the confidence to create marketing you love. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing with Confidence. Today, I'm going to talk to you about building a target market profile. I have spoken a lot about the importance of knowing who your target market is. When we are really clear on who our target market is, we can market in an aligned way that has the best suited people for our products and services, giving lots of ahas and mm-hmms when they read our web copy, when they see our socials, when they see our ad campaigns. The closer that we can get to identifying and marketing to a target market helps us with clarity. It helps us avoid wastage, both in our messaging, in our ad spend, in our time. And it really helps to be, I guess, clear in your plans going forward as well. When we have a business, often the products and services that we offer, we want to build on, we want to diversify. And and whether that's build in range or build in depth, the closer we can get to understanding who we're best suited to help, the more we can develop our business and, and, and grow the suite of services and products because we know who they can benefit and we can sort of see the impact of our work. A clear target market is a snapshot or a summary of the most likely person that you'll do business with. I get a lot of clients sort of get hung up on this idea of target marketing. They sort of say, well, my my product is for everyone or my service is for all people. And although broadly speaking, you may have a product or service that can in fact, you know, attract a multitude of different people, there is both an ideal person that you're best suited to help but also there's a client that you're going to feel most satisfied working with. Sometimes our ideal client profile is about the vision of who we want to work with versus who we're working with now and the opportunity to to shift our business to meet that new ideal client and attract those dream clients rather than working with clients that perhaps we were more suited to at an early part of our journey. So in this episode, I'm going to take you through step-by-step how you can identify your target market, rationalize that it is right, that it is uh, appropriate for your business, look at your competitors and how they're working with that target market, and then create a, a, a journey map for that ideal client, for how they're going to come into your business, how they're going to build that trust with you, uh, confirm credibility, and start working with you. So when we look at identifying our ideal client, which is the first step, we want to firstly get really clear on our products and services. Now, this can be your current products and services, or it can be products and services that you're looking to develop or where you're looking to build towards. So getting really clear on what your offer is and the solution that you bring Really think about the problems that your ideal client has and how your product or service are uniquely positioned to solve those problems. Think about who benefits most from what you have to offer 
and start to create a customer persona based on the demographics and psychographics of that. Now, when we talk about demographics and psychographics, demographics are the characteristics of a person. So it's their age, it's their, uh, you know, their gender identity, if it's relevant. It's, you know, do they live metro or do they live rural? Uh, are they, you know, are their marital partner status relevant? Is their parental status relevant? Their work status, their tertiary education or their, you know, uh, personal development. So it's it's really that hard data of, of a person. If you kind of think of the ABS, so the Australian Bureau of Statistics, um, you probably know by now I'm a bit of a data nerd. I love ABS data. I always have. And that's real demographic data. You know, they do that ABS survey and then we can look into demo hard, you know, hard facts. How many people aged, you know, 18 to 24 live in Sydney Metro? How many work full time? How many catch the bus? You know, it's real hard data about people. On the, I guess, the converse of that, psychographics is really about the psychology of people and and sort of identifying their wants and needs. So when I do an ideal client profile, I draw a grid and on the left-hand side, I I sort of have four boxes. So on the left-hand side, I have in box one who they are. Below that, I have where they are. And then in sort of the second column at the top, I have what they want and what they need. When I think about who they are, I I really drill down into that demographics. And I do that by looking at maybe the clients my my client has had in the past, uh, the the best client they've ever worked with, the, the generalization of who they believe is best suited to their product or service. I will look at yeah, what I talked about before, their age, their their career, their their life um, setup and the relevant factors under that, uh, their education. And then under where, I think both physically where, so where do they live, where do they work, but I also start to build the where of where they are on the weekend. You know, are they socialising? Are they wrapped up in kids' sport? Do they go to the gym? Uh, Do they run? Do they catch the train to work? I also consider where they are on social media. You know, are they avid Instagram users? Are they really engaged in LinkedIn? So do they listen to podcasts? My where is is both uh, in a broader sense and in day-to-day because when I go to build my marketing strategies, I look back at that where and I use it to inform where I will market to them and how I will market to them based on where they're showing up. So then in column two is my psychographics column, and I see that as the wants and needs. The way that I build ideal client profiles, and everybody builds them a little bit different, wants to me are things that your customer tells you. So, you know, it's about reviewing customer data. It's about if you have phone calls, you know, thinking about the phone calls you've had with clients. If you get uh, reviews and feedback on your product or, you know, comments on social media, it's about looking at what people told you, you know, you did for them. Like I wanted 
Uh, you know, I wanted a pencil that never needed sharpening and now I've found it. You know, so that the wants might be that they want convenience, that they want, um, you know, an easy to use product, whatever it might be. So your wants are really overt. They're the, the conversations you'll hear. They're, they're the way people recommend, you know, what, what your product or service did for them to others. Whereas I see the needs of the client as as um, sometimes unconscious. I see them as the things they're less likely to tell you, but sometimes they're underlying in their ideal client profile and in their customer journey. So it's things like, you know, needing to justify uh, expenses or needing recognition from others or needing uh, to feel like they have everything under control or, you know, needing, uh, you know, certain beauty products to to feel confident in their day or, um, you know, needing to know that their compliance needs are ticked off, uh, you know. So to me, the needs aren't necessarily the things that people tell you but they unlock the deeper marketing that you can do to take them on a journey. Uh, You know, it's almost thinking about objections handling and, you know, what are the objections that come up and what are the deeper needs that aren't being met that lead to those objections? So I, um, I recommend one to two ideal client personas per business. I don't like to go to, uh, much deeper than that because then you you're really trying again just to appeal to everybody but if you have you know if one ideal client persona is just too narrow and constraining and you think there is a real uh distinct second persona and it may be due to diversity of products and services as well um you know, I think it's fine to have two, but I wouldn't, I would really try to limit it beyond two. So once you've mapped out this, this view of your, your who, where, wants and needs, it is important to do a bit of market research. And, and obviously I touched on that in how I build wants and needs as well, in terms of really looking at customer data and and really looking at, you know, what has happened both in your business and maybe what's happening out in the wider market with that ideal client that you might not be working with now. So anything you can do in terms of, you know, surveys, uh, you know, surveying current clients, or if you're in a Facebook group and there's an ability, you know, for you to draft a a simple Google form survey and, and distribute it in a group, routinely asking on phone calls that you may be having, you know, a little series of questions, you know, my understanding that you want this, uh, you know, to, to gather data. So, you know, gathering that data can happen before you build your ideal client profile. And it can also happen after to continually sense check it as well. Um, you know, I think that the the days of really expensive, extensive market research probably aren't as useful to mo- most small businesses. Um, I did a lot of product development in my corporate career and and did a lot of market research. And even with that bigger scope, you know, you do still kind of have to make some gut feel choices. Um, often people will say they they will buy a product or they will behave in a certain way during market research. And then when you go to market, you know, they act very differently. So I think that the market research is best within your current consumer group or if you have ways to get out to your ideal client or who you think your ideal client is to sense check the strategy that you've built there. Another great 
I guess, sanity check when building your ideal client profile is to analyze your competition. So looking at your direct and indirect competitors, looking at who it seems their target market is, how they're using language to align with their target market. And as I touched on earlier, that sort of alignment is one of the key benefits of having a target market profile. So when we know exactly who we're talking to and we know that what their wants and needs are or their pain and pleasure points, we can start to align our language to to really build affinity. You know, we can write our social media captions so that our our ideal client feels heard. We can, uh, you know, have ad copy and and present that solution and, and pleasure point in ads so that our ideal client sees it and goes, oh my gosh, that's me. You know, it's undeniable that your product or service fits their need. So looking at how your competition is doing that, um, using tools like the Facebook ads library is fantastic where you can sort of drill in and look at the ads that your competitors are running on social media looking at not just like-for-like competition. So, for example, if you're an accounting firm, not just looking at how other accounting firms are targeting your ideal client, but looking at how marketing firms are targeting them or how, uh, you know, business brokers are targeting them or business coaches and seeing how those other sort of in-market businesses are taking that customer on a journey and seeing if there's insights there for you into what their needs and wants are. And also in terms of the kind of language that they're going to resonate with and the type of messaging they're going to resonate with. And then determine how you can differentiate your product or service within the market. So, you know, the absolute last thing we want to do is look at our competition and get really um, either caught up in imposter syndrome, so looking at our competitors and thinking they're all doing such a better job than us. We definitely don't want to get up. Uh, we definitely also don't want to get caught up in mimicking competitors. And I think, you know, competitive monitoring is great now and then, but I've certainly seen clients over the years get really plagued by watching too closely what competitors are showcasing on social media because we have to remember we don't really ever know how a business is performing behind closed doors and you know using that to feel overwhelmed and in some senses demotivated or unsure is is probably more damaging than just shutting your eyes to competitive activity altogether so i do really um caution you that when it comes to competitors Take it with a grain of salt, look at it now and then, but don't get too caught up, you know, really refine and narrow down on your target market profile and make sure that you are the most relevant offer to that target market and and understand that, you know, with target market profiling, it is all about that niching down. You don't want to be all things to all people. So, you know, find your, uh, you know, your center, find your specialty and, and really target those people that are going to feel so aligned to you. So another great step once we have our target market in place is to create a customer journey map. So we want to have a look at the touch points of how this client or ideal client is going to interact with our brand. So when you understand who they are and where they are, you can start to map out your marketing strategy of how 
you can get in front of them, how you can be present in their day, in their life to start to build a relationship and to start to pose your your product or your service as the best solution to their problem. When we know what they want and what they need and what their pleasure points are at each stage, we can start to build that journey. So when we think of a journey map, you know, it could be lots of different points that start them off into that journey. You know, it can be social media content. It can be an ad. It can be a podcast episode. It can be, uh, you know, that maybe the first step is that they find you by organic search. And then it's sort of mapping what what needs to happen next, you know, uh, how you're going to connect with them, whether that is social media following, whether that is building a database of emails, and then how you're going to continue to nurture them until they're ready. Because, you know, another great point is that our customers aren't ready immediately. Uh, there's definitely more high impulse products and services, but then there's also longer, longer lead time. There's longer consideration. And, uh, you know, as we sit here in May of 2023, there is definitely uh, a slowdown in the market with different financial pressures, whether the ideal client and, and, and many client profiles are just needing a bit more time. So that customer journey map is really about the journey you're going to take them on to stay top of mind, to continue to build credibility, to continue to build trust so that when they're ready to transact, you have built such an aligned relationship with them that they naturally go to you or they're referring to you even before they use you because they're so, uh, you know, embedded in your message as well. And obviously, you know, the number one reason we build our ideal client profile is to inform our marketing strategy. I have been running a two-hour marketing workshop and strategy program for Oh, over five years, it started as just a marketing plan. And as time went on, I, you know, I really delved into what I love, which is face-to-face strategy. And in this two-hour marketing strategy that I take people through face-to-face and and over Zoom now, of course, um, we, we always start with ideal client. Ideal client is first because if I can pick apart somebody's ideal client profile, I understand their business. I understand what they can offer. I understand what the outcome is, what the benefit is. And from there, I can build a marketing strategy. You know, to me, it's the fundamental cornerstone of a marketing strategy. Once we have that ideal client profile in place, then we can kind of look at the brand messaging. Who, you know, what do we want this ideal client to know about us? How are we going to express that we can meet their needs? How are we going to, you know, uh, confirm their pleasure points and lean into them? So once we, you know, have our target marketing place, then we can kind of move into brand messaging and positioning and tone of voice. Tone of voice is such an important piece of your marketing and it needs its friend, ideal client, because without knowing who we're talking to, it's impossible to know how we're going to talk to them. Once we have this in place, we then usually work on some marketing objectives. So what we want our marketing strategy to achieve. As mentioned before, I tend to run about six months at a time when it comes to strategy, because I do believe 
Uh, digital is so volatile, but also small business has the ability to be so agile. So locking in a 12-month plan is actually not leaning into the true strengths of small business. And then we really use all that data to inform the marketing strategy. And that's about going through, you know, every single marketing channel that could be relevant from paid to organic to web to SEO content. We look at things like, you know, referrals and rewards, uh, events, newsletters, networking, face-to-face opportunities, uh, you know, traditional print media, you know, do you, does your business need a brochure? Do you need flyers? Uh, you know, do you do events? What, what you know, collateral would you need to that do there? So it's a really in-depth process and it all ties back to ideal client. Then, you know, the, the steps further of that is, is coming up with your content pillars for social media. It's about how you're going to use their pleasure points to create emotional connection with your brand. And all of that comes from having a really clear target market profile in place. So look, I've covered a lot of ground and target market is a great visual exercise as well. So, uh, you know, kudos to you if you're stuck with this episode as I've verbally explained around what target market is. I do have an ideal client planning sheet. And if that's something that you'd love to get your hands on, feel free to DM me on Instagram or send me a message on LinkedIn. And I'd love to send that over to you. I cannot emphasize enough the importance of building an ideal client or target market profile. It really is the corner of all marketing strategy. And it doesn't just inform your marketing strategy. It helps with your product strategy. It helps with your, you know, your business vision and goals as well. You know, it's, it really is, it's going back to marketing 101. And I guess that's something I've talked about before is that digital marketing is a, is a channel of marketing. The foundations of marketing haven't changed. You know, we still need to identify who we're talking to, build trust with them and take them on a journey from awareness to conversion. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As I said, please reach out to me if you'd love the planner and I look forward to having you on here again soon. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode. If you don't want to miss one, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And if you love it, Be sure to share it with friends and colleagues who you think could benefit from increasing their digital marketing confidence. Want more? Head to MarianneAmys.com to find out how you can work with me directly, to reach out to have me speak at your event, or to grab yourself some free resources.